Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Movie. That's right, Dr. Movie time. Driving in the car, talking about some stuff, singing silly songs. So, uh, had to bring this one up. I, I can't get through Giallo January and not talk about this movie. Uh, like I said before, Torso and this movie, Deep Red, are my personal favorite Giallo movies. This one could be the perfect Giallo movie. Uh, it's definitely my favorite Argento movie. And that raises some eyebrows. Because you're going, what? Rick? Are you sure? Suspiria? Tenebrae? Yep, I'm sure. Um, this is... I just think it's it's <laughs> it's his best film, uh, the way that it's put together. This is really showcasing new ideas into a old way of filmmaking. So, you know, that's just another way of saying it's pretty groundbreaking for his time. He changed a lot of the fads with this movie, and uh, it still holds up amazingly well. And you know. Like I said, we're talking Deep Red, 1975, and you got David Hemmings in this from uh, Blow Up, great movie, and uh, that kind of what drew the interest to get him in this. And then we also have Daria Nicolodi, which at this time, I don't know if if, he, if uh, Daria and Dario were married yet. But she ends up marrying Dario Argento. And there's a whole history. We could do a whole show on, <laughs> on their relationship. Um, there's all kinds of documentaries and stuff that showcase the fact of, you know, when their relationship was good, she kind of got better parts in the movie. And the more the relationship uh, was going down the, down the tubes, uh, she would get killed in pretty terrible ways. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if there was an underlying message there, but uh, pretty strong. But it's amazing that this movie, to me, it really picks up just like the end of uh, Four Flies on Grey Velvet. Well, not the end of it, but you start off with almost the same concept because we're following another musician. who he's a, he's a piano player, a composer. He's working with a jazz band. Movie opens up. Kind of that same thing. They're more in a cathedral type setting, though, than they are, you know, instead of a studio like in Four Flies. And it's David Hemmings working with the band. And while that's going on, it goes to this psychic who's uh, doing a, a, a promotional show, a showcase, right? She's up on a stage in this huge theater. And we, we, we go in through the curtains through a POV shot. And we sat down in one of the seats, and we kind of see what happens there. And this lady, she's from Germany, and she's able to connect with you, read your mind, and tell exactly what's going on at the time. So she brings this one guy, gets him to stand up. She says, your name is, and when she says that, he starts, you know, he's going to reveal what his name is. She says his name. She said, you have your hand, your left, left hand in your pocket, and you're holding on to a set of three or four keys, whichever it is. Of course, absolutely blown away. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. 
and uh, so she's scanning the room and she comes across this one and she starts freaking out and she stands up and says you, you have killed and you will kill again and then she starts going get these thoughts out of my head and she's kind of doing her hand back and forth then we see a person get up and run out of the crowd and that's who we followed in with I believe that's the way it seems like we're set up oh you know what I forgot the opening scene of this thing man talk about changing the game while the credits are still rolling at the beginning which are always pretty basic for these Italian flicks it's just a black screen white letters and after you get through the majority of them it breaks away to this children's song being played and you're seeing this house setting on Christmas you're like in the living room and off in the corner you see a silhouette of somebody being stabbed and screaming and then all of a sudden you see a knife drop in front of you on the floor and you see some kids feet come up to the knife and it goes off and it proceeds on that's your setup right and then that leads to what's happening here. But what's going on is after David Hemmings plays with the band, after the psychic has done her spiel, she goes home, and there's a knock at the door, and obviously she tries to not open the door, but the door flies open, and she gets killed. Problem is, is David Hemmings is walking by, and he looks up, and he sees the murder. Now, just a few minutes ago, he was hanging out with his buddy that uh, they grew up together, and he's a real bad alcoholic, plays in a little bar. He's a piano player as well. So he's the down-and-out musician, whereas David Hemmings is being very successful and becomes kind of a, a sore spot between them, but they're still buddies. But he had just broken away from him, and he looks up and sees this, so he takes off running. David Hemmings takes off running to go up to help the lady. When he gets there, she's pretty much slaughtered. And in this lady's house is this long hallway of artwork. And when the police get there and he tells them their story and everything, he's walking through the house again with the detective, which the detective, again, is one of the coolest detectives ever. Always got a sandwich in his hand. He's a Super cool. I love it. I, I love the detective in this one. But, uh... Should have been played by John Saxon. Just saying. He, that would have made it even better. But, uh... David Hemmings keeps asking the, the investigator, have y'all moved something? Because something has changed in this room. I don't know what it is, but something is definitely different. Nope, we haven't moved anything, Right? So, as the story goes on, just like in all the other Argento stuff, it gets deeper and deeper to where David Hemings' character is, is starting to dive into this. And while the investigation is going on, that's where Dario Nicolotti shows up. She works for a newspaper, so she's a you know investigator for the newspaper. And just like all the other movies, they team up together to try to figure out this problem, right? Um... There's lots and lots to go through with this one. Uh, there are, uh, there is uh, the extra host that was up there with the uh, the psychic. They go and question him, 
and he tries to tell him whatever he can figure out, but he gets knocked off too. And this is the thing most people talk about in this movie is you're expecting this figure to come out, and it, you know, for a person to come out and whack them and kill them, whatever. But obviously something is going on, and this door opens up, and this robot kid, wind-up toy kid in a tuxedo, <laughs> scary-looking thing, moves like a nightmare, and comes up close to the guy, and the guy whacks it in the head, and it falls down, and you can see the sprockets and stuff in its head. I mean, it, it, it's... It, <laughs> There's really no explanation why. Uh, some say it's a clue to the mindset of the killer in the movie, right? That's something else that's really different with this movie, too, is Archento lays clues out in front of you and displays them like almost like on, on a platter of some sort, right? Uh, really different. Really, really different. Very, very artistic choices here. And doesn't back off on the blood at all. Well, as this thing goes on, the killer obviously starts coming after David Hemmings. Even to the point of coming to his house, and he, he can hear things going on, but he keeps playing the piano to not be, you know, like he's suspicious and all that kind of stuff. But he can hear, remember I said the children's song at the beginning? The other cool thing about this is when the killer goes around, they play their own theme song for killing on a little small it's before they had cassettes it's a little small reel to reel type system but it is enclosed so it's almost like a cassette but it's bigger it's even bigger than an 8 track but the killer will lay this thing up here get it planned and then commence to kill it right brilliantly done but he ends up stopping you know the, the killer's trying to get in the house and he gets to the door, and he's trying to block the door, and then the phone rings, and he picks up the phone, and you hear a voice come through say, you might have gotten away this time, but eventually I'll get you. Very unnerving, right? Well, as the search goes on in the investigation, it all leads back to this old house. And it leads to the house that we saw the murders were beginning in. And obviously... He goes in to investigate the house, and in doing so, he finds this painting on a wall that's been covered up, right? So, there's more and more clues as it goes along, but not only is this painting in here that really depicts what happened that Christmas morning, but he also finds a sealed-off room, and the dead body is in the room, right? So, again, this just kind of keeps digging deeper and deeper, and you're trying to put this story together. And it really leads down to, um, well, how do I say it and not give it away? I had to stop. I had to stop. <laughs> uh, it could be anybody, really, when you watch this movie. And that's kind of the setup for all these, right? But this one, really, you second-guess yourself a lot in this one. And... The awesome thing about this movie is when they finally figure it out and the killer is 
uh, accidentally gotten rid of, you start going back and going, wait a minute, that don't make any sense. How can it be that person? And then you then you find out, yeah, uh, maybe they were involved, maybe they weren't, but it wasn't the end of the rope, right? Uh, it's, it's great. Again, so hard to talk about and not give it away. Uh, this movie's brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and it's also the first time he used Goblin to do the soundtrack. So if you're a fan of Italian cinema at all, you have to know who Goblin is. Even if you're a Dawn of the Dead fan, the original Dawn of the Dead, they did all the music for that. Argento produced Dawn of the Dead, in case you didn't know that, and brought in Goblin to do the soundtrack for the movie. So there you go. And uh, So this was the beginning of changing that trend. Uh, this movie's pretty bloody, uh, for the most part. And it keeps you guessing, it keeps you rolling. You see a lot of ideas from this that kind of get ripped off and used in other movies. I'm talking to you, Halloween 2, with your bathroom, bathtub, hot water tub scene. I see you over there. Um, this just set a new standard, and it really is starting to switch that giallo into slasher kind of idea, even though this is still crafted so well. And the chemistry between Nickelodeon and, and David Hemmings is just something I love to watch on screen. And uh, great cast, great movie. You can't go wrong with Deep Red. The only thing that's going to be a struggle for you, I don't know which one of you I'm talking to, but you'll know when I tell you, is uh, the languages switch a little bit, especially if you see the director's cut. I think if you watch just a regular U.S. cut, they pull a lot of the stuff back out. But you've got three different languages here. You've got some German being spoken, which will have subtitles. You've got English, and you've got Italian. And when they went back and put these pieces of film back into the film, instead of going back and trying to redouble them into English, they just left them in their original language and just plugged them in. So that can kind of throw you from time to time when you're watching this. It doesn't happen a lot, only in a few scenes. But just for you, enough for you to go, whoa, whoa, that was kind of weird. But uh, that's the only thing that's really going to throw you off. The mo majority of the movie is going to be in English. And um, it's just an all-time classic, folks. Now, here's the other catcher. This is not on Tubi. So you'll actually have to kind of track this one down. But again, there is no Italian cinema collection worth its, worth its weight in, I don't know, fake blood if it doesn't have a copy of Deep Red in it. It's just a bona fide classic. And uh, you have to check this one out. If you haven't, I'm telling you, you don't know what you missed. And I just think it's heading, it, it just heads above anything else in this genre as far as the way it's put together and, and the way that it's made. Even some of his later stuff, I think, still doesn't compare to just the genius of this movie. That's my take on it. What kind of score do I give it, you say? It's a definite 5 out of 5. Like I said, it's my favorite Argento film, and he's pretty much my favorite director, so um, that's it for it. I mean, it's, it's 5 out of 5 easy. I'd give it a 6 if I could. 
right? Absolutely love this movie. Never get tired of it. Always see something new in it every time I watch it. So, lots of detail. There you go, folks. Check out this classic. Let me know what you think about it. Until next time, we will check you later.